One thing about the four Gospels that we read, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that the writers right now, John, he's, when he's writing his Gospel, it's after the resurrection. So it's after the event actually happened. So after he writes, after the resurrection, the apostles have understanding of the scriptures. And then years later, they reflect on certain, certain amount of these events. Now, they don't write everything down, as John says. You cannot even write everything down that Jesus did, because if you did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to fill all the acts that Jesus did. So they recall certain things that stood out to them. And then they wrote it down. But they always wrote it down in light of the resurrection. That's why we read passages about Jesus' life. It's kind of, you have to read it from the apostles' reflection that this is post-resurrection, that they're re reflecting on this and a post-resurrection that Jesus has risen from the dead. Sometimes there's events that happen in our lives. We don't understand it when we're in it. But it's only after the event that we say, oh, that's why God put me there. Or that's why this happened to me. Or that's why, you know, this trial, this tribulation happened to me. I didn't understand it. I was complaining as it was happening. But only afterwards, now I see what God was doing. And now I thank the Lord for that trial or tribulation. It's maybe a better person. So in the midst of an event, it's hard to see God's will in it. It's hard to see the hand of the Lord in that event. But afterwards, when we see the fruits of it and lay the resurrection, then we see, oh, God, that's why you had me meet this person. Or that's why you had me go here. Or, or that's why, you know, you put this in my life. It's only afterwards that we see, oh, God, your hand was always there. And here I was complaining to you and saying, where are you, God? And yet he was there all the time. He was there all the time. But we do, sometimes we don't, we don't see it because we don't have faith. We don't have trust. We're afraid we reflect on ourselves. And this is exactly why did John write this story? Because we all go through this. We all go through this story. This is why John wrote it. Because notice John is not praising himself or praising the apostles. He's showing their humanness. And he's writing about the story because he was a fisherman. And so this was a, a fisherman's story that happened. This was something that was significant to him. Something that he could relate to as a fisherman. When you're on a lake or you're on the sea and a storm brews up. A lot of times if, if you're ever on a boat, you remember if a storm is there. You remember if something like that happens. And so what, what's happening in the story and what is John trying to get through to us? First of all, Jesus had just multiplied bread for the people. He just fed thousands of people with bread and fish. And then, and John says in the previous passage, it was the Passover. So why is that significant, the Passover? One, it's significant because the Passover is the time that 
the Israelites kind of reenact their slavery in Egypt, and then God sets them free by the blood of the lamb when they put the blood over the doorpost, but also they have the breaking of the bread ritual in the Passover. But the other thing that's significant about the Passover, a lot of times the Passover happens in a new month. New month in a Jewish calendar is by the moon. So we, we have a different calendar with us. Jewish calendar, still Jewish calendar, they go by the moon. And so where there's a full moon, there was probably a full moon out. See that? Because it was the Passover here. And so Jesus decides he needs a little R&R, a rest. And so Jesus goes up the mountain and he prays. And the apostles probably said, we'll see you on the other side of the lake. And so the apostles go down. It's the evening time, so it's dark. And so when they begin to row, it's evening, and then they lose the light, but they still have maybe the light of the moon. And they're in the midst of the lake. And in the lake, a wind blows and the sea becomes turbulent. Now think about it. They're in darkness. They can't see anything. It's turbulent in their lives. The only thing that they can see is the sea that's brewing up. And so, of course, they're afraid. They're afraid of the boat capsizing. They're rowing for their lives. And now, in the midst of all this, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? This is why John puts this in. So you're in a boat in life. It's dark. You can't see what's in front of you. The storm brews up. A trial, a tribulation, something happens. You're, the boat of your life is rocked. And you're saying, where is Jesus in all this? And what does Jesus do? Jesus is looking down from the mountain on the lake. And Jesus sees that the apostles are in trouble. He sees that the storm is brewing, that there's a wind, that the sea is turbulent. The apostles are afraid. And so Jesus ends his R&R rest. He comes down the mountain. And then he goes on. The amazing thing is he goes on the other side of the sea. He probably went around. And then he, he walks on the sea. He doesn't walk in the sea. He walks on the sea, which is a miracle. Why does he walk on the sea? Because he shows, Jesus is showing, I am greater than the tribulation that you're going through. I am greater than the turbulent sea. I am greater than the wind. This is showing his divinity. Jesus is divine. He's greater than anything that we can go through. And so that's why he's on top of the sea. He's greater than that trial, that tribulation that sickness or whatever you're going through, financial difficulty, whatever it is that you're going through in your life, Jesus is greater. And he's at the end of the shore, and the apostles are afraid. And what does Jesus say? It is I, do not be afraid. 
That's all he says. It is I, do not be afraid. Notice Jesus did not calm the storm down in this one. There's other times in which Jesus, he calms the storm down. This one, he does not calm the storm down. Jesus will not calm every storm down in your life. That's what John is saying. Jesus will not calm every storm down in your life, but he will be there. When you think that he's not there, when you, all you're seeing is darkness and the sea, Jesus is right there. And we focus on ourselves and we're afraid. And we say, Jesus, where are you? God, where are you? And people say that all the time. God, where are you? God saying, hello, I'm right here. I'm right in front of you. It is I. Do not be afraid. What are you fearful about? What are you complaining about? It is I. Do not be afraid. I am greater than this tribulation, this trial that you're going through. I am on the sea. And before you know it, the apostles, in the midst of their fear, and then they see Jesus, what happens? The sea is still turbulent. Notice that it does not say that the sea calmed down. The sea is still turbulent. What happens? And the boat comes ashore. It goes boop. So the apostles are complaining. They're panicking. They're rowing for their lives. And then all of a sudden, and they see Jesus, and they're afraid. And then all of a sudden, boop stops. They're on the shore. Why? Because it only took about three to four miles to cross from one, one side to the other. It's a short storm. It wasn't a long trial. And they were right there. The storm was still brewing, but they were right there. Yeah. Sometimes God just allows that trial of the tribulation to subside on its own in our life. So what is John saying here? In the light of the post-resurrection, Jesus is greater than the sea. He's greater than the wind. He's greater than the elements. Jesus is greater than any trial, any tribulation, anything that we could go through. And we need to have faith. Need to have faith. Even when we think that Jesus is not there, in the midst of the storm in my life, and all I can see is darkness, Jesus is right there. He's right there. He sees what we're going through. He comes down, and he's right there waiting for us, sometimes at the end of the tribulation. He's there during the tribulation, although we can't see it. Sometimes we only see him at the end of the tribulation the trial, whatever that happens, the cross that we endure. And it's only then that we say to ourselves, why was I afraid? Why was I complaining? Why did I not have faith? Why did I not have trust in God? And that's what John is saying here. He's reflecting on his own life. And, and he's not bringing out virtue within himself. He's saying, Boy, we were afraid. And we just need to keep trusting in Jesus, keep having faith in that he was preaching to the early Christian communities through this gospel, but still preaching to us today. Saying, don't be afraid. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is there. 
and he will be there and you will see him at the end. You will see him at the end of, of whatever you're going through. And even, even if it's death, Jesus is there at the end. Hopefully Jesus is there at the end. I hope you see Jesus at the end. That's why we're here at Mass, so that we can see Jesus at the end. But even if it's death itself, Jesus even conquered death. And he who is the one who has conquered death, if we don't fear death, then what do we have to fear? If we don't even fear death itself, what is there to fear in life then? If Jesus even conquers death, then what do we have to fear? And that's why we have this beautiful Paschal candle here to remind us of the light of Christ in our life, to remind us that Jesus is here. He's the light of our life. He shines in the darkness and he is there. Have faith in Jesus. Keep praying the prayer throughout the day, even if you don't feel like it. Jesus, I trust in you. Keep praying that little prayer throughout the day. It will help you to go through the trials, the tribulations of life, and to know that Jesus is always there in the midst of your life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.